Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME CE credit. I'm standing in the grocery store line picking up a few things. SP, a 45-year-old patient of mine, walks up to me and looks in my cart saying, you drink whole milk? I thought that stuff caused heart attacks. What's the best evidence about drinking milk? Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And joining me today to talk about uh, some of the recent data on milk is Dr. Susan Feeney, assistant professor and director of the Family Nurse Practitioner Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Hi, Susan. Good morning, Frank. So this is a, a really fascinating topic, and it's something that has been bounced around for, for years. We've gone from skim milk to whole milk. So the American Academy of Pediatrics recently came out with new guidance, right, on how to counsel parents and infants and young children. So what is it, and what, what, how do we counsel them? All right, so the Academy tried to gather some of the best data that's out there and, and summarize it in a brief position statement. And some of what they said um, is highly evidence-based, and some of what they said is still based on tradition and, and, and uh, expert opinion. So um, here's what they said. They said in the first six months of life, nothing new there, breast is best. Try to exclusively breastfeed for the first six months of life. Um, if the child, uh, for whatever reason, can't be exclusively breastfed, then use formula. But for the most part, um, breastfeeding was best. In, in the second six months of life, breast um, milk should be continued. Um, but start introducing foods. And there's still no clear data about um, which foods and in what order. They're, they're, you know, we, we do cereals and then vegetables and then proteins and stuff. What we do know is that there's really pretty good data that shows in that second six months of life, probably six to nine months, we should be introducing foods that have the potential to cause allergies. So you should be introducing um, grains, mm -hmm. wheat products. Um, you should be introducing things like eggs and other proteins. And, and there's even a fair bit of data that we should be introducing peanuts in that, in that, in that time period. So the, 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 that second six months of life, we should be introducing foods in an organized fashion, but we don't really know what organization works best. And um, at most, this is when you should be introducing sips of water. If you're, if you're my age or a bit older and take care of children, there was a time in the late 80s and maybe even into a little bit in the early 90s where we were encouraged to give infants in the first six months of life water to help decrease their risk of jaundice. Right. And we caused a fair amount of hyponatremia and seizures. So that is not, <laughs> no water until they're at least six months of life because their kidneys are not mature enough to concentrate right. their urine. American Academy of Pediatrics said we should be introducing whole milk from 12 months to 24 months. Um, that's great. Um, whole milk's very safe and effective. Continue to expand their diet. Lots of Gives lots more fat. vegetables and fruits, and and start feeding on a regular pattern. Um, 
and then when things get a little bit off the evidence trail was between two and five years of age. Here's what they say. Milk should still be a strong component of their diet because most of their protein is coming from, uh, from milk. Think about your average two to five year old. They live on peanut butter sandwiches, pizza, and chicken fingers. And we're not really sure what's in chicken fingers. So, um, so there's, you know, th that milk should be an important part of their diet, but non-fat or 1% is what's recommended. Um, if you give fruit juice, it should be highly diluted with water. And really importantly, avoid things. Avoid flavored milks and other things that appear to be quick products. They say avoid plant-based milks, uh, any kind of caffeinated drink, in any sort of highly, highly um, sweetened drinks. So that's what, the, that's what their position statement was. And you know, they do strongly encourage milk, but in the two to five year range, they say non-fat or 1%. And I'm not sure that's the best evidence. So what is the, there's been a recent study that looked at whole yeah, milk. Yeah, so um, we know that one in three adults are obese in the United States. And we know that probably at least one in six, if not one in five, children are obese. So um, this was a large systematic review looking at child eating habits and what correlates with obesity. And it turns out that they compared children drinking whole milk to children drinking skim or 1% milk. And it turned out the whole milk reduced the risk of obesity as they entered adulthood by about 40%. It lowered that risk. That's tremendous. That's, that's pretty significant. It's an interesting finding, yeah. um, but it kind of makes perfect sense. We know that if you take the fat out of milk, um, you're essentially presenting a very large carbohydrate right. load with sugar. a little bit of protein. Right. And nothing's going to delay its absorption. It's going to be like, Eating you know, cake. a donut. Yeah, right. So um, not that there's anything wrong with donuts, but um, <laughs> donuts at least have some fat. So, so uh, this is a pretty important study in right. my mind. I, I tend to, based upon this, differ a bit from the American Academy of Pediatrics stand on what to have um, your children drink. Right. Um, I, I think that probably whole milk is fine. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm okay with telling parents, look, if you're really concerned, you know, go at least 2%, but don't do 1% and don't do skim. Right, so from 2 to 5. So what about from 5 to 18? I, 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 I would stick with that same, same recommendation. Yeah. I, think, I think there's plenty of good right. data that shows in that population and into adulthood, right. at least 2% is okay. Well, and because when we went completely low fat, and as you said, we had these highly, you know, the sugar levels went up, absorption went up, obesity went up, and the thing about having fat in milk is that it's, it's it causes satiety. You know, they feel they feel full, right. satiety. So there's um, it, it all makes perfect sense. So um, so you're saying that for adults we should be following a similar type of. Uh... Well, um, about two three years ago, um, the Pure study was published, and it was published in Lancet. A huge trial of observational data. So these aren't randomized controlled trials. These are big cohort studies. Right. And they, they, they did food frequency questionnaires and looked at a variety of outcomes. So this part of the, of the PURE study focused on dairy intake. And it turns out that people who drink two or more servings a day of dairy, of milk, so 16 ounces a day, had lower rates of total mortality 
non-cardiovascular mortality, cardiovascular mortality, major cardiovascular disease, and stroke. There was no association with milk intake with myocardial infarction. And then they went on to dive further and compare whole milk to 2% milk to skim milk. And they found no difference between what people drank and those outcomes. Okay. So, um, have when, your half and half. Have your your, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, drink two glasses of milk a day. It, it certainly seems to provide something. We don't know what. Maybe it, by doing so, as you say, yeah. you're less apt to eat the eat the the bad food or snack, or your satiety levels go up. I don't know what, but I, I do think, along with eating a healthy diet with lots of fruits and vegetables and whole grains, is that. Two glasses of milk a day lowering all-cause mortality, right. that's, that's a pretty good home run. It is. And, I, and the thing that's interesting, too, is, is that I don't think a lot of this data gets out into practice. I have a, a, a beautiful little two-year-old grandson, and he's got a wonderful pediatrician, but some of the, some of the information on introducing peanuts and introducing whole, and the, the whole milk trajectory, uh, it's, it's a, there's a lag between the data and, obviously, how it gets practice. Yep, and I think that's true for all of us, but mm -hmm. in particular with kids, you, yeah. you only have one opportunity to get it right. Right. Lifelong thing. So tell me a little bit about the study that said if people who drank skim milk lived longer than yeah. people who had whole milk. Yes. What's that about? So, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I was so excited about the obesity data and the, the pure study. When this study came out, it kind of knocked me in the knees. So what happened was, this, is, this was a, a study of subcellular uh, activity. Um, what it looked at was um, uh, milk consumption and its influence on telomere length. Now telomeres are those little ends of chromosomes and the shorter they are the less life expectancy you are supposed to have. And certain things lengthen telomeres. Dr. Chopra, who's called me twice since we've been sitting up here, um, um, will tell you that meditation lengthens telomeres. Um, and coffee. And coffee, yes, and coffee, yes. <laughs> so um, this study found that people who drank skim or 1% milk um, had slightly longer telomeres than those who drank whole milk. And that they state that, you know, there's a chance that drinking whole milk may make you live less long. Now that stands in complete contrast yeah. to the pure study. Um, and that's because telomere length correlates with a change in life expectancy, but so does a lot, so do a lot right. of factors. Yeah. And so while I respect their opinion, I still think if there's plenty of really good observational data right. on large populations that have demonstrated a significantly decreased risk, um, drinking 2% or whole milk on, on life expectancy. And so for adults, I'm okay with 2% in whole milk. I, I remember back in the 90s, I totally bought into oh, yeah. drinking skim milk, and I, I was the person who bought the, the non-fat half and half, which was really sugar water. Yeah, that's right. And, yeah. and, um, and you know, I, I totally bought into that, and I realized that that was when I gained the most weight in my life during the non-fat days. So right. um, I right. think we're okay yeah. with 2% in skim for adults. And I think it's unlikely to cause a problem. That's right. It's certainly not going to make you obese. Right. And drinking two glasses of milk a day may significantly lower your risk of a whole lot of bad outcomes. Yeah, telomeres be damned. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. 
So. Susan, this was fun. Thank this you. This was fun. Thank you. Great. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Practice pointer. For children aged one year and older, whole milk is safe and may lower the risk of childhood obesity. And adults should consider drinking at least two servings of milk per day. Join us next time when we talk about counseling to prevent STI transmissions in adolescents and young adults. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.